0: We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. Once again, to those of you that have been listening live, hello (laughs) once again. Great to have you with us. This is 101.1 FM. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL. You can get past episodes of the show on SoundCloud and iTunes, and I should mention that it is free. If you do that, you can also stream us online at kvxl101.com and, uh, Over at the405media.com. They air us live at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time, so it's 9 p.m. on the East Coast. We're on the405media.com, or you can stream us on kvxl101.com at 7 a.m. Pacific or 6 p.m. Eastern time. And again, the podcasts are there as well. Okay, so we're going to get into some headlines. We're going to go just rapid fire through some headlines here to begin the show. Middle of the show, I... A little something I've been saving for a while. Not necessarily news-related, but sort of news-related. And then, of course, tomorrow is Fun Friday, so it'll be all about uh, everything but what's happening in the news, really. But maybe a little bit, depending on what your definition of politics is, because um, there is uh, School Choice Week just went past. So I, I do want to talk about that, but I was not, uh, I have some promos and things for it that were going to air, but I don't have them queued up in this computer today. So we'll do that uh, probably tomorrow as well. So be here for that. All right, let's start. Where else should we start? With the president. Because, you know, that's just thats just a good place to start. I'm not going to talk about um, the protests at Berkeley because I just I don't want to give airtime or credence to these people that are causing disturbances for no good reason. I don't want to give attention to them or bring attention to them. So we're going to talk about something else related to uh, the president. This is from Fox News Insider. Trump donates $10,000 to campaign volunteer for father battling cancer. You know, say what you will about our new president. This is pretty cool. One lucky Trump campaign volunteer was surprised with front-nose seats to the Inauguration Eve concert. However, the surprise soon became much more meaningful. Shane Bouvet, a single dad from Illinois, had the chance to meet President Donald Trump, who gave him a check for $10,000 to be used for his father's cancer treatments. The 24-year-old was a guest on Fox & Friends Monday to discuss this life-changing experience. He as Trump, is such a genuine, caring, loving person who just really cares about the American people, Bouvet told Ainsley Earhart. For what he did for my dad and gave him that extra fight, I don't know how I'll ever repay him. Bouvet said he received a call prior to the inauguration from a Trump staffer saying the president elect had read an article about him in the Washington Post and was inspired by his story. While at the concert, Bouvet was escorted by a Secret Service member to meet the president. He called his father, and Trump got on the phone to speak to his dad. Trump then wrote Bouvet a check for $10,000 for his father's chemotherapy treatments. Thank you, Donald Trump, for everything that you've done for my dad. You're such a great guy, and you're going to be the best president of the United States, Bouvet said. You can, uh, If you want to watch the story, uh, Fox News Insider has it up there, and you can see pictures and different things. It's, just a, it's a heartwarming story. It's a good story. And, you know, you could say, well, now nah, you've ne- never hear a story like that from any of the other presidents. You know, when I sit here and think about it, you're right. I-, I don't remember hearing a story about another president writing a personal check to someone. But then, you know, we also have to take into account that we haven't really had a... a millionaire or billionaire depending what the tax returns say uh sitting as president that maybe has that kind of money and is able to do things like this but i think that it's awesome that he did and technically this was before he became president um but i think it's really neat and it's not this isn't a lone story either there are stories about uh, trump helping people like this uh pretty regularly throughout the past and i think that's pretty cool all right, let's let's uh, let's stick with the Washington, D.C. politics for a few more minutes here. Head over to the Washington Times, which is saying that Hillary Clinton could have received upwards of 800,000 votes from non-citizens. And by non-citizens, we mean people that are not in any way, shape, or form allowed to participate in our electoral process. Which kind of throws a damper in that whole, but Hillary won the popular vote. Did she? Did she really? What if you take away the votes from non-citizens? And this isn't, this isn't Fox News or The Blaze uh, or Conservative Review saying this. No, this is the Washington Times. And you can Google it. All of the major networks now are having to cover this. 800,000 votes from non-citizens. Probably more than that. Hillary Clinton garnered more than 800,000 votes from non-citizens on November 8th, an approximation far short of President Trump's estimate of up to 5 million illegal illegal voters, but still supportive of his charges of fraud during the election. Political scientist Jesse Richman of Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia, has worked with colleagues to produce groundbreaking research on non-citizen voting, and this week he posted a blog in response to Mr. Trump's assertion. Based on national polling by a consortium of universities, a report by Mr. Richmond said that 6.4% of the estimated 20 million adult non-citizens in the United States voted in November. He said that that percentage would have added 834,381 net votes for Mrs. Clinton, who received about 2.8 million more votes than Mr. Trump. And this is just what they're estimating. This isn't a hard and fast number. This is their their guess, based on their research, over 800,000 votes. Because he calculated that she would have collected 81% of non-citizen votes. Is it plausible that non-citizen votes added to Clinton's margin? Yes, Mr. Richmond wrote. Is it plausible that non-citizen votes account for the entire nationwide popular vote margin held by Clinton? He says no. But mm, I'm thinking if you, if you up that number, just give her all of them. I, I don't think that any non-citizens, were, if they were voting, were turning out to vote for Mr. Trump. I, I just don't see that happening based on a lot of his rhetoric during the campaign. But, you know, still, the finding is significant because it means non-citizens may have helped Mrs. Clinton carry a state or finish better than she otherwise would have. Mr. Trump's accusation to congressional leaders last week, as reported by The Washington Post, has sent the issue skyward. He apparently was referring to all types of fraud, such as the dead voting or multiple votes from the same person. So let's throw those in with the non-citizen votes. Now, where is Hillary stand on the popular vote total? But the thrust of his estimate appears to be that illegal immigrants and non-citizens carried the popular vote. He returned to the issue last week in Philadelphia when he spoke to congressional Republicans mapping this year's legislative calendar. He said, we also need to keep the ballot box safe from illegal voting. And believe me, you take a look at what's registering, folks. Take a look at what's registering. We are going to protect the integrity of the ballot box, and we are going to defend the votes of the American citizens. This is so important. The mainstream media, of course, reacted uh, by saying that there is no evidence of fraud. But now we know that there is evidence of pretty substantial fraud. 6.4% of the national total we know was from non-citizens. 6%! That's just the ones that we know about. And that doesn't include people that voted multiple times. That doesn't include people who committed voter fraud by voting for in, in behalf of those who are deceased. It doesn't include what you might term uh, like regular voter fraud, if you will. That's just non-citizen voting. Kind of scary when you think about it. Not not in terms of certain people shouldn't be allowed uh, to vote as far as nationality or anything like that, but just the integrity of the voting process. I mean, we have U.S. citizens that have their right to vote revoked. There, you certainly shouldn't be allowed to vote if you're not even a citizen. And then that begs the question, how on earth do 834, 381, at least, non-citizens managed to get through the polling place and, and vote. I mean, it, uh, hmm, 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 hmm. Maybe having voter ID wouldn't be such a terribly racist, horrible idea after all. All right. I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but... This was, this was kind of sweet. He did a press conference earlier this week and a 10-year-old young man asked him who his hero was and he said that it was his dad. That's That's by far the best Tom Brady moment ever because I don't include winning Super Bowls for him because I'm not a fan. But anybody that says that their dad is their hero and tears up a little bit when they do it and looks to be sincere, points for that. Points for that. I still... I don't want him to win the Super Bowl again. (laughs) But that was a good moment for him. Uh, I saw this hashtag the other day. It was fantastic. Somebody put together a meme about (laughs) after the, um, I think it was after the Packers lost. Who did the Packers lose to? The Falcons. So after the Packers lost to the Falcons and uh, the Patriots lost to whomever they lost to, I don't even remember. It was that horrible of a game. Was it the Steelers? Or the Patriots won, rather. Um, so somebody put up this meme, and it said something along the lines of "Tomorrow I'm going to be protesting in the streets, rooting, uh, rioting rather, and looting, and uh, and protesting." And everyone used the hashtag "Not My Super Bowl" because I don't support either of these teams, and I don't believe that either of them should be in the Super Bowl. It was very ironic. But really put a good perspective on things. You know, following the election, you still have these people tweeting hashtag not my president. And so this person was like, hashtag, not my super bowl. <laughs> just just helps you get some perspective. But anyway, uh that said, since this is not my Super Bowl, I, I refuse to accept the uh the results as presented by the NFL. Um let's talk about Peyton Manning. Still my quarterback. Hashtag still my quarterback. Um, In my personal opinion, one of the best quarterbacks in, well, to have recently left the NFL because of both his on and off field activities. Well, uh, that uh, that GOP retreat in Philadelphia that I just mentioned that President Trump was talking about voter fraud at. Guess who else was there? That's right. The best quarterback, Peyton Manning. He was there to talk teamwork and leadership at the GOP retreat. Fox News reported that NFL great Peyton Manning gave a dinner speech to congressional Republican leaders last Thursday at the annual GOP retreat, which this year also included a visit from President Trump. Manning, who quarterbacked the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos to Super Bowl victories and is a lock to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame when he becomes eligible, has long been a loyal supporter of Republican lawmakers. While the retired superstar is friendly with Trump, he reportedly put his money, $2,700 of it, behind GOP candidate Jeb Bush's 2016 White House bid. A congressional source told Fox News that Manning told stories and talked about teamwork and leadership. Manning is actually a phenomenal public speaker. He's funny. Uh, he's, he's coherent. Like it's He's a good speaker. Some football players, um, their talent is strictly on the field. <laughs> Peyton Manning is not one of those individuals. Other sources said he recalled his prep football days in Louisiana and recounted a story he's previously told about his days at the University of Tennessee. In that anecdote, Manning, as a freshman pressed into duty against UCLA, tried to inspire his huddled teammates with an impassioned speech until it was cut short when his offensive lineman told him to just call the play already. And he used some other words than that, but that's how we're going to say it. The Thursday pep talk is likely to fuel speculation about whether Manning, who retired from the gridiron last year, will run for elected office. My personal opinion on that? No. Peyton Manning is going to be a general manager uh, in the National Football League somewhere or possibly uh, in college football, but I I would anticipate Peyton Manning staying in football at least for a while or possibly going on to do announcing or or something of that nature. Um, Manning's speech was closed to the press and the downtown hotel in which he spoke was cordoned off by police. The president recently boasted that during a visit last week to CIA headquarters, he got, quote, the biggest standing ovation since Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. I'm not entirely sure that that would be accurate. I mean, you could hear that applause resounding coast to coast, but okay. Okay. All right. Next up, we'll hit a couple more here before we take a break. California is getting, possibly, serious about seceding from the Union. Now, technically, I don't believe that it's written into their constitution that they can, by their state's constitution, do that. Texas is the only state that has it written in. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know that the rest of the United States would look favorably upon this idea. But personally, I'm, I'm kind of for it. If they want to they wanna go, let let them go. We could sing a song about that. If I had it queued up, I, I would put it on. Let it go let them go. A proposal for California to succeed from the United States was submitted to the Secretary of State's office last week. The proposed Cal-Exit initiative, its name borrowed from the UK's Brexit departure from the EU, would ask voters to repeal part of the state constitution that declares California an inseparable part of the United States. So I was right about that. Good. It's always nice to find out that what you just said on the radio was in fact true and accurate. This is from foxnews.com. The proposed Cal-Exit initiative, I just read that A recent poll found that one in three California residents would support a possible secession from the United States due to their opposition to President Trump. No pen mention has been made of the president, however, in the proposal. If the proposal qualifies for the ballot and is approved by voters, it could be a step to a future vote on whether the state would break away from the rest of the nation. Secretary of State Alex Padilla said the group behind the proposal, Proposal Yes, California Independence Campaign, was cleared to begin attempting to collect nearly 600,000 voter signatures needed to place the plan on the ballot. In our view, the United States of America represents so many things that conflict with Californian values, and our continued statehood means California will continue subsidizing the other states to our own detriment and to the detriment of our children. This whole thing is just so ironic. First of all, whenever Texas dares to mention the possibility of secession, the media freaks out. Like, how could you possibly? You're such sore, whippy losers. Don't leave us. You have the best job growth in America. When California not only threatens it, but actually has an initiative... Cricket. 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 And the fact that California, that the people running this, the Yes California Independence campaign, say that the U.S. represents so many things that conflict with Californian values, such as what exactly? And, oh, by the way, what United States uh, values changed with a new president? I mean, the country as a whole like, the people in the country didn't change. It's the same people in the country that were in the country when President Obama was president that are in the country right now, now that President Trump is president. They're, they're the same people. And, and this, though, is my favorite part of their proposal. Quote, Our continued statehood means California will continue subsidizing the other states to our own detriment and to the detriment of our children. False. 5 billion Pinocchios. California is not subsidizing other states to their own detriment. If anything, other states are helping California. I mean, look at the water issue in Southern California. Lake Mead. Other states are keeping you alive. California. And your children... No, other, There is nothing that California is providing to any other state in the United States that is in any way, shape, or form causing detriment to the children of California. It's just not happening. <sighs> so, yeah, the campaign must submit the valid voter signatures by July 25th to qualify for California's ballot. If they do, then there will be a vote in 2019 asking voters, quote, should California become a free, sovereign, and independent country? Hmm. Interesting. Similar attempts, by the way, have been made to establish California as a nation or break it up into multiple states, but none have succeeded. And you know what? California voters, if they give them another year and a half and President Trump continues down the path that he appears to be headed, and he does, in fact, uh, bring more jobs into this country, including in California, and he does simplify the tax code and he continues to keep promises that he made. If you give Californians a year and a half and the stock market keeps going up and people keep getting jobs and uh, things actually improve in our country, I think you're going to see that campaign fail again, but I, I could be wrong, because with California, you just never really know, do you? And my apologies to those of you that have deep, heartfelt connections to California. I, I personally I, I don't really, although I do like Disneyland, that would be sad. If you had to have a passport to get to Disneyland, that that would be that would hurt. So maybe we should keep them, if only for the sake of Disneyland. I, I guess I could go along with that. But for now, let me tell you about Mario Giannini State Farm Insurance, one of our sponsors here at KVXL. They offer all types of insurance, including but not limited to auto, home, and life insurance. If you have something that should be insured, they can help you out. And if you mention KVXL when you call Mario Giannini State Farm for a no-obligation insurance quote, they're going to donate $10 to Experience Liberty Radio. You can reach Mario's team at 702-982-3300, and we'd like to thank them for their faithful support of our week weekly programming all right we're going to play blessings from Laura's story when we get back i want to talk with you about hatchimals and the importance of watching what comes out of our mouths how do the two relate you're about to find out right after blessings from Laura's story that was Laura's story with Blessings. You can find it on her album, Blessings. So there, there you have it. All right. James chapter 3 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole world. Body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. "'Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members.' that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Who is a wise man? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Now, keeping that in mind from James chapter 3, let's talk about Hatchimals. Hatchimals are those, uh, they're kind of like a Furby, except in my personal opinion, not nearly as creepy, because while Furbies do things like uh try to tell your future and things like that Hatchimals uh are these things that come in in this plastic egg it's not an actual egg obviously it's a toy but uh they come in this egg and then you uh you kind of rub them like a genie in a in a lamp um, <laughs> I don't know any other way to describe it. But Basically, you're supposed to take care of the egg, and then the egg will literally hatch. I watched this phenomenon unfold on Christmas morning in my parents' living room with my nephew and his Hatchimal Zoom Zoom Dance Away Heath. Um, so, Zoom Zoom, he hatched, and then Zoom Zoom would would they they like they can walk around on the floor and they flap their wings and and you can teach them to do things all right so they were they were all the rage this past christmas it was a toy that you had to wait in line for hours to find and then pay more money than it was probably worth once you did finally find it um but they 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 are really really kind of cute And so I got one for my nephew for Christmas. And that's probably why there was all that craze to get one, because they are actually kind of cool. Well, after Christmas, especially in the last couple weeks, people started complaining about their Hatchimals. Well, this happened right after Christmas, but I'll I'll get to what's going on in the last couple weeks here. But after Christmas, people were like, my Hatchimals aren't hatching. This is is a waste of money. Well, it, it may have been a waste of money before Christmas, too. You're just now realizing it. But anyhow... So, post-Christmas, you have this mother that decides that she's going to sue the toy company for, for her Hatchimal not hatching, even though the company, uh, Spin Master, has sent a replacement Hatchimal to every person who submitted a complaint. I don't even think you have to return the one that didn't hatch or prove that it didn't hatch. All you have to do is say, hey, my Hatchimal didn't hatch, they asked for your address and they send you a new one. That's still not good enough for some people, and I get it. That's That could be extremely disappointing and tragic if all your kid wants for Christmas is a Hatchimal, and you wait outside for 12 hours, uh, and then the thing doesn't hatch. I get that. But for some people, this has become yet another chance to where I spilled hot coffee in my lap, and therefore I'm going to sue McDonald's for all they're worth. Um, this, is, this has become an opportunity for some people looking to to profit off of a toy company because of a toy defect so yeah you know not every egg hatched on christmas morning you know what else not every kid in every family followed the instructions there are actually instructions that come with this thing and the hatching process goes pretty smoothly if you follow the instructions it tends to not go so smoothly if you don't now, were there, were there people that followed the instructions and the, these eggs still didn't open? Yeah, there were. But again, they were replaced by the company. And there's much fewer of the ones that followed the instructions that didn't hatch than the ones that didn't follow the instructions uh, that didn't hatch. So, yeah. Anyway, all that to say, it's a sad moment for you and your child, but it's probably not worth the hundreds of thousands of dollars you're seeking for supposed pain and suffering for your child not having their egg hatch on Christmas Day. Or maybe that's just me. So, but here's what's worse. All right, so you have that situation, and you can fall on either side of it. I, I tend to think it's a toy. Millions of these things hatched successfully. I'm sorry that yours didn't. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. You know, you might order a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, and they might forget to put the bacon on it. I, it, it it's tragic, but life will probably go on. But here's the part that I really want to talk about. Alright? So, it's after Christmas. Everyone has their little Hatchimal, and they're playing with it. And, and, and guess what? Parents start reporting that their children's Hatchimals are swearing. Now, in case you've never actually spent time with a Hatchimal, because you're not cool like me, Hatchimals do make noises. It's mostly just... And sleeping noises. Like, they make this little muttering... It's not. It's not even... It's not even intelligible in any way. It's just, while they walk around. It's just like little squeaks. But, again, if you follow the instructions that come with the egg, you can actually teach, quote-unquote, teach your Hatchimal to do new things. And one of the things that you can teach your Hatchimal to do is to talk but they talk like a parrot. These things aren't Furbies. They don't spit out random life advice or statements and creep you and your children and family out. No, these things, by, besides making their generic <laughs> noises, they can learn to talk. But what they learn to say is literally what you teach them. So when they get to this certain life stage, and you can tell because their eyes turn different colors, you can press their belly, there's like a big button in their belly, and it's basically a recorder, and the Hatchimal will record what you say, and so you teach your Hatchimal different words or phrases, and it stores it, and then the Hatchimal is able to say those words. They become part of his vocabulary, because the recorder records what you say to the Hatchimal. It literally records your voice, and, and it comes back at you, but they up it a couple of octaves, and so it's it's cute. By the day after Christmas, my nephew had taught Zoom Zoom Dance Away Heath to say hello. And it was just a recording of his voice coming back through a filter, but it was, still, it was cute. But then the question becomes this. For all those parents out there who are complaining that their child's Hatchimal is cursing, well, guess what? Somebody taught those words to your little Christmas toy. Perhaps not intentionally, but the Hatchimals don't spew out profanity just because. You literally have to hold in its belly, talk to it, and it records and repeats your words. So, parents, if your Hatchimal is swearing, could that maybe be because it's hearing you curse in the background when your child is playing with it? Or do you need to have a conversation with your child or your children's friends about what language is or is not appropriate? See, we live in a world where it's so easy to blame other people and point fingers, but sometimes, too often, we forget to take a step back and realize, gee, golly, Wally, I might actually be part of the problem. If your Hatchimal is swearing, maybe it's not Spin Master, the the toy company's fault. Maybe the company didn't program your Hatchimal to swear Maybe, Maybe you or your child did that. You know, Jesus said that we should remove the beam from our own eyes so we can see clearly to take the speck out of our brother's eye, but we can't even see the beam in our own eye. All we can see and all we tend to focus on is a speck in our brother's eye. So, today's life tip for this Thursday. Before you start complaining about your child's toy swearing, or before you complain about anything that happens in the world that you don't like, take a step back and say, am I ready to deal with this speck yet? Am I contributing to this problem at all? Or is this possibly a fault in my personal life that I should try to work on before I attempt to assist someone else in overcoming their fault? That's the tip of the day. Also, as for swearing in general, and we read James 3 on why it's so important to have a clean mouth around your children and your spouse and your coworkers, but that's not the only time that the Bible talks about the importance of of having good things come out of your mouth, though. Ephesians 4 Uh, Verses uh, 29 through 32 say, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The reason what comes out of your mouth should be wholesome is because God says the words that proceed from your mouth should be edifying and minister grace to the hearers. And could it be that since the verse immediately following this says that we shouldn't grieve the Spirit of God, that it grieves our maker when we allow profane and vain things to come out of our mouths? I believe it does. And you say, well, if I don't believe the Bible and I don't believe in God, then it doesn't matter and I can be profane as I want. Can you? Do, do you want your Hatchimal swearing? And if you don't want it coming out of your child's mouth, if you, if you want to take God out of it completely, let's just put it this way. If you don't want it coming out of your kid's mouth, then should it be coming out of yours? I'll end this segment with a quote from President George Washington, the father of our country. He said, The foolish and wicked practice of profane cursing and swearing is a vice so mean and low that every person of sense and character detests and despises it. Those powerful words from General Washington, first president of the United States. Something to think about. Imagine what he would say today. And even things that we may not say but that we allow into our homes through other means or through media. The foolish and wicked practice of profane cursing and swearing is a vice so mean and low that every person of sense and character detests and despises it. President George Washington. Mm. Uh, well, We could take another break, but we've only got a few minutes left, so we're just going to keep going, and then we will wrap things up here in just a minute. So let's see. I need a I need a fun story to end things on for you here. And I had one, but I don't know where it went. So let me find... Um, oh, this is a good one. So the state of Arizona... Uh, they have put forth a bill to allow city dwellers to shoot snakes and rats that they find in their yard. This isn't from, uh, what is this from? This is from ArizonaFamily.com, so it's AZFamily.com. Residents in Arizona cities who spot a rat or snake in their yard will be able to shoot the animals using a small caliber gun loaded with tiny pellets under legislation that Republicans gave initial approval to on Tuesday. A group of scientists opposed to the proposal say it endangers people by encouraging firearm use in populated areas and put them at risk as they approach venomous snakes. In Phoenix and other cities in Arizona, neighborhoods are commonly built on or near The desert. Democrats failed to persuade Republicans who control the state house that the measure would lead to more serious injuries and waste officers' time with additional gunfire calls. Wildlife advocates and residents worried about stray gunfire uh, also oppose it. Representative Jay Lawrence said his legislation isn't about shooting reptiles or rodents, despite the definitions in his bill referring to rat or snake shot. This is not a kill animals bill. It has nothing to do with killing snakes. It has nothing to do with killing rats or cats or dogs. This is a firearms bill strictly and totally, he said. The National Conf- Conference of State Legislatures did it say that it does not track such legislation, so it's unclear how many other states have similar, similar laws. Um, okay, so... Uh, let me break this down real quick. BB guns shoot farther and higher than the type of ammunition that this legislation would legalize for use inside city limits. So, people that are opposing this bill, it's not even BB guns. all right? BB guns can break your skin, maybe, depending on how many times you pump that thing and uh, how close you are when you shoot it. But this is not even BB guns. I'm not sure what type of firearm you're talking about that shoots something smaller than a BB... That's going to kill a rat or a snake. Now BB guns can kill. Well I don't really want to talk about it. But I know that BB guns can kill birds. Um, So I'm assuming they could kill a rat or a snake. But I for one. If I'm living in Arizona. And you've got these snakes. And you've got these rats. And and then you have the snake advocate people. That are like oh but snakes are good for our ecosystem. Okay yes. The little ones will let them live. The ones that are not poisonous will let them live. But if you see a poisonous snake in your yard, I'm telling you, if I had a gun, the last thing on my mind would be, huh, I wonder if I'm allowed to shoot this snake by by the law. No, I would be out there, machete, firearm, everything that I can find, kill the snake. I hate, hate, hate snakes. I knew spiders. I don't care about spiders. I will squash the spider, step on the spider, pick up the spider. I don't care about spiders, but snakes except for big hairy scary spiders' I'm telling you in Pennsylvania there are spiders that are scary looking spiders they're like mini tarantulas but not that much smaller they're just not tarantulas but they are they are gross okay like if the spider is as big as my hand, then I have a problem with it but if it's not then okay whatever but snakes I don't I don't do snakes I know some people love snakes I don't know why Uh, a snake is the animal that Satan was able to uh, inhabit if you will I'm not going to get into all the theology of that we can have that argument some other time but snakes are literally the worst creature on the planet basically that's what I read in my Bible and if you don't well I'm sorry Um, you could look it up in Greek no Hebrew Aramaic whatever just just go look it up. I'm telling you snakes are snakes are evil, and the Bible tells me so. I'm pretty sure there's a song about that too. <laughs> uh, point being, Arizona is deciding whether or not they should be allowed to shoot rats and snakes. Uh, opponents of the bill are saying that it endangers people in the city, but when you're shooting a firearm that is smaller than a BB gun that's firing a a projectile smaller than a BB most likely unless you get shot in the eye i mean you 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 should be fine if not what we can do is we can get those uh those nerf masks have you seen those nerf actually makes masks now so that when kids shoot uh foam pellets at each other their faces can be protected so we can get we can uh, I'm thinking that Phoenix can just enact some sort of new tax and get everybody one of those nerf masks so you can just walk around wearing masks so that if anyone's outside shooting a pellet gun at a snake, then you you won't be damaged by that. Maybe they should just throw that into the bill that it comes with a with an obligatory mask for everybody. But anyhow. Oh hey. Big news today. It is somebody's birthday. It's Jeremiah Smith's 6th birthday. The boy is practically ancient. Like he's going to be growing a beard before you know it and it's going to be white and then he's going to be as old as Pastor Shore and then well you you know what comes after that. So, uh, best of luck to you, Maya. Happy birthday to you. Hope you don't get too old too fast and that that beard, you know, when you get that beard, you should trim it. Like, trim it up nice. Don't let it get all straggly. I'm not a big fan of the straggly beards. But, happy birthday to you. Hope your mom makes you a wonderful cake, and I'm sure that she will. We're out of time for today. You can find us on. Twitter, on Facebook, at KVXL Radio, or me, at The Frittle. You can find past episodes of the show. Just go to iTunes or SoundCloud, punch in The Frittle Show. It's free, and on iTunes, it'll come directly to... To you, Sunday morning our services are at 930 and 1115 here at Liberty Baptist Church. We're located at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. Join us. If you can't join us live in person, then join us live online. Go to experienceliberty.com to stream our services or facebook.com slash LBC of Las Vegas. This is Christian Stanfill with Even So Come. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Fun Friday. We are going to be giving stuff away. Don't miss it.